and welcome to the March episode of Backing Paper. Woohoo! It's time for Backing Paper again, something which I always very much love because we have got a bulging mailbag to get through this week. And fortunately, I have drafted in two fantastic co-hosts to help me get through it. So joining me on Backing Paper, we have the wonderful Claire Marie Bailey. Claire, how are you? Good evening. I'm very well, thank you, Graham. Pleasure to be here as always. It's a pleasure to have you here as always. And of course, <laughs> along with Claire, we have the ever awesome John Whitmore. John, how are you this fine evening? Good evening, both of you. I'm great. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here flicking through the recipe book of analog photography once again. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. A fantastic that is way. a good way to put it. Uh, sadly, Rach can't be here uh, well, for the reasons you would expect. She's absolutely pooped, and um, but all is going well. She's doing very well, but she's absolutely shattered at the moment. And Aid can't be here because he's still afraid of doing backing papers. <laughs> Apparently, he has some sort of fear of doing backing papers. I think it's because he knows that the listener emails are going to be so awesome that he's just not going to be able to shine when held up against them. <laughs> so you've got us lost tonight, um, but, you know, what a treat for everybody. Just an audio episode this week. Although, because some of the emails are talking about pictures, we've got some cheap shop emails and um, a couple of others, or one other with some pictures in. So there will be a link in the show notes to go and look at the folder with these pictures in if you want to, which you should, because they're great. They are fantastic. Um, quick catch up, guys. Have you been up to anything interesting since we last spoke? Claire, have you done anything fun since we last chatted? Um, well, the weather yet again was really good um, on the weekend. So I did get out and uh, do some shooting. So that was that was great. Um, I also, after speaking to Toby, um, and he showed us the um, red scale zine. Do you remember the Death yeah. Smith? Yeah, I thought that was great. So I actually ordered my own copy um, of that. Um, also, I had a bit of a, a purchase week, so I purchased that. I also purchased um, Rachel's badge mm, that she. We'll uh, talk about that. Yeah, we'll mention that. that yeah, that she uh, pioneered at the um, photography show. Um, Realised that I had, we were talking about special effects films. I found, I've never shot shot it before, one of those double films. Mm -hmm. I've got the, the jelly one, so I, I've got that on my shelf um, to use shortly. And also, um, I've been dipping into my photography books again um, for inspiration. And another place I go for inspiration is... Do you know Pulp Librarian? If you've got a Twitter account Sorry, to listen to Pulp Librarian. Pulp, pulp, oh, Pulp Librarian. Pulp, yeah. Not Pork pulp Librarian. Librarian. It's a really, <laughs> really great, I think so anyway, um, account on Twitter. Um, it's a he or a she, I, I don't know. Um, describes themselves as the library of the mind. Um, and they've got um, curator of, of the art, history, freedom of old dreams. Anyway, if you, I love looking at that account. It has um, all sorts of, it picks different um, decades, like it was just doing the 50s recently, um, and it might do a series of book covers from the 50s or um, a series of adverts. Um, it does all sorts, you know, you might get, you might get um, magazine covers from the 80s, the 70s. It's, it's good and it's, it's quite funny as well. Um, so if you've got a Twitter account, I really recommend Pulp Librarian. And I, I go, I do have a look on there actually for some inspiration. Sounds good. Uh, from, from a lot of the, the photographs and, and the artwork that, that he or she um, puts on. So yeah, 
And if you are a fan of historical bacon, I would recommend Pork Librarian, which may or may not be on Twitter. John, what have you been up to? Eating pork. Um, I <clears throat> What have I done? I loaded some Fomapan 400 large format sheets and took three frames with that rather hastily um i got my camera dactyl mongoose working i had a bit of a video session with ethan over the weekend and dismantled the unit and uh basically one of the boards had just come loose in transit um apparently that's not an issue like he, one mine was one of the first ones that he made and after that he started putting a bit of glue in there so it doesn't happen anymore um but it was an easy quick fix and i haven't put a full roll through it yet i've only put because i've only got some cut strips available mm -hmm. but it's it's fantastic it's noisy it yeah. sounds industrial but um what a, a phenomenal bit of kit that's going to be for scanning images now really? i've got it all set up yeah yeah it's, it's going to be so quick and it's it's really fun to use so you can just like <laughs> There's a knob on it that as you turn it slides the film through and then you can just trigger your camera with another button and i've got it all set up so it's tethered to my computer now mm -hmm. so when i it fire the shutter on the uh the mongoose it's straight into lightroom no messing around yeah it's just it, it's so slick um so now i can set up a profile in lightroom have all my metadata assigned to any, any images that it captures and it's just it's a really slick process mm. so very happy with that that's great um so can you describe the setup that you are using this with how you've got it laid up and working uh so i uh, i was looking at copy stands and they're so expensive for what they are and it was frustrating me a bit <clears throat> excuse me because i didn't want to have to buy one um so i remembered i had an old enlarger um i can't remember the make of it and i just thought there's, there's got to be a way of using that because it's the same system isn't it like being able to move a head up and down on a, a copy stand is for an enlarger um and eventually i found that an, an attachment for a lighting stand would screw into the bottom of my camera and then attach to the head where where the head would normally go um and yeah i've got that set up the and the transport carrier for the mongoose i've got on top of the diffusion panel from a pixelator <laughs> and then underneath that i've got the light box from the enlarger which i'm firing a flash into um so it's like I need to make a proper box, I think, out of wood for that um, to make it a bit more permanent, a bit more sturdy. But that's it. Yeah. Cables running out of it. All done. That sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Um, and what lens are you using? Are you using your F, whatever it is? I am using an enlarger lens that is reverse mounted. So I've got a screw mount, a reverse screw mount um for a ooh, what focal length hold on i want to get this right it's the 50 mil um enlarger lens because it's why 35 you mil put it reversed leg. through it uh because i've read somewhere that that's how you get the best results because i i um, thought and i think from talking to simon forster who knows a lot more about lens than i did that like within larger lenses kind of the part of the point is that they're sending those lights the light is kind of straight through them as much as possible, right? There's not much diffraction. So surely turning mm -hmm. it the other way around, they'll still continue to go straight through. Probably. 
I don't know. I, it's just something I I read somewhere. Um, so I, I got one in and tried out. And I have to use um, uh, what are they called? An extension tube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with like a twenty mil one, and that means that I'm getting a full frame for image. You know, it completely fills the frame on my D eight D eight hundred. So I'm getting a fifty meg- megapixel digitization, pretty much from every wow. every frame. Yeah, new and hard drive soon then. <laughs> The awkward part is focusing slightly. Um, so the way I've done it is I've, I get live th- view from the camera on my computer screen, which then enables me to zoom right in and just do micro focus. Because once you've mounted the lens, obviously there's no automatic focus or anything. You've got to do it completely manually. Um, so I guess that's that's the trickiest part. But I've got it all set up and I've tried a few frames and it doesn't seem to move or anything. So happy days. Nice, yeah. very nice. Because um, I, I know when they, we talked to Ethan a long time ago, and afterwards, you, this was something you were quite keen to get because obviously it's a work thing for you. You can get through a lot of film; it can save you a lot of time. But also, it still it wasn't a small purchase to make. There, but yeah, I think it was it probably came in about five hundred pounds in total. Um, so it's fairly expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the time it's going to save me. You know, it, like you can equate that to number of hours or whatever. Then yeah, because you, you charge five hundred pounds an hour, don't you? Yeah, yeah. half an hour <laughs> worth it. My rates have gone up because of COVID, so <laughs> yeah, I'll make that back easily. <laughs> uh, that's cool. I'm really glad it's with you. I'm glad that the fix was nice and simple as well, because um, it's always frustrating when stuff turns up. Um, anything else going on this week? No, I don't think so. I think that's it. What have you been up to? Not much, actually. I did... Oh, God. It's been just a real classic photography week. So I um, have been, as I've been talking about, trying to get rid of some cameras, move on some cameras that I'm just not shooting, <laughs> which is really hard for me, really hard. But I did get rid of that Practica, and um, I did get rid of... I can't remember what the first one. Anyway, I got rid of a couple of cameras, and I've got a Canon AV-1. And I was like... I'm not sure I'm going to use this, so I think I might sell this. Um, but I want to test it before I do, so I loaded a roll of film up into it and just went and had a walk around the village. And, and because it was a test roll, I was like, no, I just need to shoot this and get it done. So I took, I shot through a whole roll of film walking around the village, which is spectacular given how boring my village is. The pictures weren't going to be exciting. But I got home, took a few pictures of the cat, and uh, I was like, okay, well, that's you know an hour and a half spent. I'm winding on. I'm like, okay, uh, 36, 37, 38. <laughs> oh, God damn it. And no, the film just... And it felt like it had. It caught in a weird way where there was some tension. So when I went to try and sort of turn the wheel back a little bit to see if it was tight, it felt like there was, but it hadn't. So I'd just not taken any pictures at all. So that was pretty frustrating. No. Um, but also, I kind of liked using the Canon AV-1 and... I was like, yeah, this camera's pretty good. It's got a really nice big viewfinder. Um, it's an aperture priority camera. Um, and I was like, oh, this is quite pleasant to use, actually. And then I had a look how much they're going for on eBay. I was like, I'm not sure I'm prepared to sell this camera because <laughs> they don't seem to be worth very much. And I'm like, maybe one day I'll want to use it or give it to somebody else who I, you know, needs a camera or something. So I'm not sure that one's going to get sold now. But I also I need to shoot another roll of film. Or I need to shoot that roll of film through it again now because mm. I didn't shoot through it the first time. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, 
I'm also quite excited, although it's going to be a while before I get my hands on it. Again, thanks to Simon Forster. I say thanks. This is a relative term, um, and John already knows about this. Thanks to Simon sending me a link and going, you should bid on this. I am now the proud owner of an MPP... Uh, what's it called? Cold cathode. Cold cathode. I can't. What's the, what's the name? Micromagic? Micromatic? Micromatic, I think. Something like that. Um, enlarger. This is a an enlarger. It will do up to four by five. Yes, John. It's a cold cathode enlarger. Um, I don't really know what I bought. Um, <laughs> I think it's quite big. I think a world of pain. I, I think you're probably thought. right. I think you're probably right. It is. I think for large format enlargers, it's relatively compact, which is good. But that is a relative term. I know it doesn't have a base on it, so I'm going to need to sort that out. Um, it does work. Uh, Simon's had the light turned on. It does all work and everything, so that's good. Um, it's supposed to be, it is, or from what I've read, an autofocus enlarger. What does that even Ooh. mean? Um, I don't know. So I assume it means it focuses automatically. <laughs> yeah, but how? It's got no. It doesn't. So anyway, um, I'll be collecting that from Simon at some point in April, hopefully, when I'm going up to help Rach with a wedding, which is very exciting because apparently, apparently, heavily pregnant women need some help with stuff like this. I don't even know. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I think excited about that. But yeah, I think John, you might be right. I might have bought myself a whole world of pain, but. On the bright side, this pain has come cheaply, <laughs> so that's good, right? <laughs> and at the but very... you could always use it as a copy stand. Exactly, at the to. very least, I've got a real big copy stand I can use. So I am quite excited about that because I did, I did try to buy uh, an enlarger on eBay uh, a few weeks ago. I guess it was, uh, yeah, it was a few weeks ago, wasn't it, John? Because I was chatting to you about the time, but mm-hmm. it kind of it went out of my price range. So um, this may be a lame duck, but. Yeah, it might be a fun adventure finding out just how lame this duck is. <laughs> and, um, and it's been interesting uh, learning stuff from literature Simon sent me and what Simon's told me about these cold cathode heads because I didn't know. I don't, did you, don't, you know this, John. Like, the reason you have these cold cathode heads, or one of the reasons, is that um, they were from newspapers uh, where they obviously they were doing lots of this stuff and needing to make the enlargements quickly and they had lots of them there working all the time. So it just got really hot. Hence, mm-hmm. developing these cold cathode ones, and um, I think they have a different kind of light to them, which means that they're perhaps not as sharp as the other kinds of um, lights. I think it depends if if it's a condenser enlarger, then you're in for a world of pain with that as well. From what I've read about them, they Why? show dust really. Oh, I badly. never have dust on my legs. <laughs> 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 I'm known for that. Clean next Jago, that's what they call me. Oh good. Well thanks, John. I I you know, I just wish you had less glee on your face when you're telling me how much hassle I'm gonna have with this enlarger in the future. Such a you're gonna have to cut a hole in the roof as well to get it in your shed, aren't you? I'm gonna have a very low table. I think it'll fit in. From what size it'll fit in. <laughs> but I think I, but I think the table is probably gonna be like a foot off the floor, so I'm gonna need a little stool to sit on to do it. <laughs> little milking stool. So so that'll be fun. That'll be great. <laughs> My old knees. Anyway, <laughs> shall we get into some emails? Yeah, because we've got a great selection of them now. You two t- divvied up who was reading what. So who did you decide was reading this first one? You are. You Graham. are. Graham. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Okay, this first email is from Mika Bayer, who writes in to say, "Hi, sunny people. Greetings from Chicago." 
Wanted to say thank you for the From Russia With Love mm -hmm. episode. I've become a fan of Russian and Soviet glass for the past 10 years. Finding out about Lomography some years ago, I had discovered a Lomo 135 camera, which has a spring drive to advance to film if you wound it up. I had it in my mind to get it when Lomography had it on their website, but found it cheaper to import from Ukraine by way of eBay. $40 and 6 to 8 weeks later, I could not have guessed what I was in for. Since then, my gas went crazy. And so far, I have two Zenit 122 bodies, the lens from a photo sniper kit, oh, those, they're mm -hmm. great, those, uh, a tear 300mm, a Horizon Perfect, a Helios 44-6 lens, Indistar 52, which lives most often on a Fuji EX1, and who knows what else I'll get before my wife demands that I get rid of something. I work as a copier tech, so cracking open my horizon to reset the shutters at the ends of travel for it to stop fogging every image after 15 rolls was a fun and nerve-wracking experience. The first horizon I had was still under warranty, pleasant surprise and perhaps grave mistake, and I switched out one with a local lomography shop at the time. The second time, no such luck. Luckily, some poor soul had posted the repair how-to, and I am back at it. The mechanical nature of the Russian cameras I have and the loud mechanical sounds are both disconcerting and reassuring. Add to that the cheap nature I find and just throw it in the glove compartment or backpack and go. They say the best camera is the one you have with you. Well, I, might, I guess in my case, the best cameras are also the worst cameras. A couple of years ago, I travelled to LA and had to choose based on weight as I didn't want to carry my heavier Japanese SLRs. So I gambled on my Zenit 122 with a Helios 44.6 and naturally my backup and second camera was a Holger. No regrets! That's pretty good going to have no regrets from those choices. I have terribly fallen for the Horizon panoramic camera, mostly as I found I could hand-hold half-second shutter speeds, which proved great for night shots while pushing HP5 to 1600. I learned the hard way a couple of times to carry a small dark bag and a small development tank just in case the film breaks inside. Get used to the occasional disappointment, but ready for the circumstances. But man, when you're at a party with 20 people and tell them you have them all in frame is just fun. Uh, Amika's attached a few examples for us to have a look at, which you can see in the, uh, our show notes. Mm -hmm. Hope things are well for you on the other side of the pond. Mika Bear. Thank you very much for that, Mika. That's awesome. And um, it's great hearing about the adventures you've been having with all of this stuff. Uh, they are um, uh, fun cameras. I We had an email actually on the subject of... Uh, Soviet cameras. We've got another one in just a second, but um, I saw before I came online that I had an email from our good friend Gabe Sachs from I Dream of Cameras, who, like many of us, uh, got uh, affected by our Russian camera episode. And <laughs> he bought a. Uh, hang on, let me see if I can find exactly what lens it is, because that would make the story make more sense. I think it's a Volner. A um, Volner. Where are we? 
yes, a Volna 3 lens. He bought it on eBay and it comes with a Pentacon mount. Uh, so he bought it to use in his Pentacon 6, got it only to find that it does not in actually fit his Pentacon 6 TL. <laughs> so he's now left in a situation where he might have to buy a Kiev camera to go with his lens that he's bought. <laughs> like good well welcome to our nightmare world that we are creating for ourselves here um but yeah I, john can you see these pictures the ones we're talking about from the horizon and stuff yes uh that group um, is that the group shot one yeah that's fantastic isn't it? Yeah, thanks yeah yeah they're really cool i i think i first got familiar with the horizon when um simon from the classic lenses fell down a real horizon hole which seemed to spark quite a few people into it um mm. they look like really fun cameras uh and the frame width because that's that's more than two by one isn't it john i would say looking at it that's it's um yeah, it's maybe. very wide um so it can be used for some really fun stuff and because of the way the shutter works, you can create some crazy effects if you've got stuff moving within it as well. They look really fun. I love the images that Mika's captured on this. I have to say that as somebody who is not any sort of tech, the mechanical unreliability of them really is what stops me from jumping into that hole. Because um, I'm not That's a shame because those images are great. Yeah. They're really, I like, there's a rawness to them. Um, and obviously the perspective of it being so wide as well. It's, mm. Yeah, like your eyes just, there's so much to look at in the images, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, they are. And you can see, I don't know whether you can see, John, there's a picture of um, just a tree within a plane and it, the, the, um, it has such curvature, <laughs> such yeah. spectacular curvature. <laughs> So you can really lean in. It curves up at the edges, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It, it's really, I mean, if you're looking for nice flat lines and perfection of lenses, you're not going to get that. But the fact that it does have this character can really make for some fantastic effects when it's used well with that in mind. And I have seen some amazing work. I know that um, on the uh, higher end of the wide panoramic cameras, I know Jeff Greenstein's been having a lot of fun with his wide looks lately. He seems to have really fallen in love with that. Um they do seem like cameras that would be a lot of fun to own, but at the same time, mm. I'm not sure I get very many opportunities where I think, oh, that would be perfect for this. <laughs> you need the right kind of thing to get the most out of them, don't you? Okay. Speaking of Russian cameras, who's taking this next one from Mike Crawford? Me. So it's, <laughs> so it's headed at Zenit and me, um, and it's from Mike Crawford. Um, hi, Sunbeams. Following the recent show on Soviet cameras, I had meant to write a note to perhaps take up on Graham's sometimes reluctance to find anything favourable to say about Zenits. Like many, I started with a big metal camera from the east and yes, it was a bit chunky, but in the 70s it was a great start into photography. Really the only option apart from practicers for an affordable SLR. Have been a bit busy arranging to move studios, so did not go so did not get round to emailing you. I was at the new place today planning where the darkroom will be and speaking to the site manager and I found out some fascinating history and we've got a picture here of, of, of Mike um, in, in the new space. Um, the building used to be called Zenith House. Oh, can you believe that? And had been built purposely as the UK headquarters for Zenith cameras. 
all explained on this old link and we can put the link in in the oh, show put, notes yes i will indeed yeah um, and I'm wondering if I can include the building formerly known as Zenith House <laughs> on my address. All the best, Mike. And then he's got, P.S., sorry for the noisy start to the recent on film. It was fine. It, it wasn't um, uh, too bad at all, Mike. No, and P.P.S. No. <laughs> the hours and hours of editing was absolutely fine, Mike. <laughs> Don't listen to him, uh, Mike. And then P.P.S. While I will stand up for the Zenith, not sure if I can for its cousin, the Lubital. The only time I used the school photography club's camera, I processed the film and had it washing in one of the art room sinks. Someone working in sculpture washed their hands or tools under the same tap, and my Lubital <laughs> film ended up with clumps of clay throughout. Oh, I cannot think of the camera now without um, a flashback of how fo photographic film and clay do not mix. You say that, but I mean, that sounds like the kind of art approach that people will be taking deliberately at this point, don't you think? I mean, could you be tempted mm -hmm. to put clay on your film, Claire? Mm, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I did try the um, the gold and silver leaf um, on my on, on prints, but I wasn't very very good at it. So maybe clay. I don't <laughs> maybe know. Maybe just clay straight on the film. <laughs> it's like the budget <laughs> yeah. version of on gold print, and silver on leaf a print, on on a print. Yeah, three <laughs> D prints. Uh, I remember chatting to a, a local photographer called Johnny Bark, and he did a project with some kids where. They shot a load of photos on film, mm -hmm. developed them, and then they buried the negatives in the ground oh, right. and then took the images from that. I can't remember the, the concept yeah. of it all, but it was really interesting. Like the final results, it contained the earth, you know, and kind mm. of elements of of the environment that they were taking the images in. <laughs> okay. People do Brilliant. some weird stuff. <laughs> is, that, is that too arty for you, Graham? Well, it's not too arty. I, I'm trying to think of a word that won't, flag up the um senses on this it's too something <laughs> for me like right you, but sure you know what everybody should do what they want to do but i'm just not sure how <laughs> burying the film and then digging it up and going going well now we're going to make prints from this is that what they did is that mm -hmm. how, am i, I understanding they may, i think they might have scanned it but yeah to just scan film with dirt on it. I mean, I do that literally every week. That's not. Oh boy, it's I'm not an original, isn't it? It really isn't. It really isn't. So I'm just must be more artistic than I realised. Uh, who knew? <laughs> Nobody. Okay, John. I'm going to guess that you're taking this next one from the other Graham. Uh, Graham yes. Young. <clears throat> Graham Young says, "Dear Sun Beamers, mm. please find attached two entries to the current Cheap Shots Challenge, or is it Cheap Shots Challenge?" Have I read that wrong? No, no. Yeah. Cheap shot either cheap shot or cheap shot Cheap shots. Cheap shots. For this challenge, I chose two cliches of one, the selfie, and two, mm -hmm. the neo-film noir trope of light filtering through mm -hmm. horizontal uh, window blinds. Mm -hmm. I think you would agree that my entries are not only cliches, but multi-layered ones that will likely begin to slow the implosion of the universe from the sheer power of the convergence of two of photography's most played out motifs. I enhanced the second image with my most <laughs> beguiling come-hither look that any viewer will find difficult to resist. I was challenging my inner Claire with this project. 
<laughs> my cheap shots challenge camera is my trusty Vivitar V4000 coupled with a 50mm f2 K-mount lens also branded as Vivitar. The V4000 is a Cossinum-made SLR that shares many parts with the Nikon FM10. The better line of rangefinders and countless other solidly built, mostly plastic cameras that will be some of the last still usable cameras as humanity grinds to a halt. Oh, that day's not far off, hopefully. <laughs> I, per <laughs> I purchased this camera and lens on eBay two years ago for $30, including shipping. I suggest everyone go out and get one. They're marvelously simple, reliable, and probably something else, but I can't think of a third quality to close out this sentence. Mm -hmm. The third film used was Ultrafine Extreme the third? 400. <laughs> You're throwing random words into this. <laughs> the film used, the, the film used, uh, developed in Ultrafresh Extol. I just mixed up a few a new batch after throwing it out the last batch that was over a year old and successfully developed well over 150 rolls of film in the year of COVID. Wow. As I will undoubtedly win this contest, please send the prize of Graham's piece of deep to me care of Matt Murray in sunny Brisbane, Australia. Matt, hold it for me. I'll pick it. I'll be by to pick it up after it arrives. Graham Young from sunny St. Augustine, Florida. P.S. I forgot to say that I digitized the natives using a Pixar much later and a Fujifilm X-Pro2 with a 75mm enlarging lens and processed them in Photoshop gotta give hamish his due why mm. um <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to do that cheap shots challenge johnny mm. salutation sunbeams what uh Hang on. What yeah, that, that was the beginning of the next email but that'll be a weird ending i'm <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> you're like ron burgundy you just keep reading used. don't you <laughs> salutations goodbye <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, um, for, first off, let's let's talk about these pictures. Uh, th that um, trope of the uh, shutter blinds mm. to light. I mean, I have to say, most of the pictures that I see using that are of scantily or not at all clad, beautiful women draped underneath these things. Um, Graham's face and his, especially his come hither look. I think I it's. That. I think it's even more sexually <laughs> potent. I think than a, a, any naked woman is ever going to be. I think I'm going to print these out and put them on my wall. Are you, are you, are you, I mean, are you sure it's safe to do that, John? Is it? Is it <laughs> would you? I think they're great. I I absolutely love them. I like the fact that um, in the so he's got one way he's giving. He's nice and close, and he's giving this real. Uh, giving his sexy bedroom eyes. Um, so any any women listening to this, view these with caution. You may find yourself excessively <laughs> excessively aroused by this picture. Um, but the second one, because of where he's positioned, it looks like he's wearing war paint. He's somehow managed to position it perfectly. <laughs> and it looks like he's ready to go into tribal battle with somebody. So that's also fantastic. It's either that or clown makeup. I can't decide because the one beam of light looks like he's got um, lipstick on. So um, loving both of those. Fantastic work, Graham. And hopefully everyone will know that Graham is uh, one of the hosts, along with Ethan, as I mentioned earlier, and Nick on the um, Homemade Camera podcast. So mm. it's always fun. We've had Graham on here before now, of mm. course, but uh, go and find him there. Um, those, uh, what was the camera he's got? His v Vivitar V400, which is one of these many casino-made ones. Have you guys, have you thought of you guys 
mucked around with either a casino or a Vivitar no. or any of those. No. no. They're, they're not really not bad at all. Really, mm. really not bad. I gave away a couple of them last year to people. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you've still got 10 left, no doubt. <laughs> Regrettably not. You know, I have... I haven't looked this week, but I've been kind of keeping an eye on eBay, thinking, well, I'm giving away my Cheap Shots camera. I need mm. to look for what's going to replace it. And um, and I'm going to do it by, by the rules. I'm going to buy one for under £30, under $30. But it was galling when I sold that Practica with two lenses and a flash for 20 quid, knowing oh. that. I'm not going to be able to buy anything that's as confident and reliable as this. <laughs> what am I, I doing? Know. What I an know. idiot. I thought that. Do you know what I'm realising with this challenge is that <clears throat> I quite like a lot of cliches, photographic mm. cliches, probably do a lot of them myself, but um, I actually like the neo-film noir trope of light through the window. I think I've done one myself. The selfie, the garage, you know, the petrol garage at night. There's a lot I've realised that I actually really like. Yeah. Funny enough, I've been thinking about that recently, mm. um, talking to Aid with our lighting show and how mm. you can simulate that um, if you don't have a blind, basically. Yeah. Or, I was going to say petrol station for a minute. <laughs> 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 got a petrol station handy. How can you light a little model to make it look like one on the cine still? Have <laughs> <laughs> the blind uh, through uh, a flash or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Have you? Do we know yet, John? When we're likely to hear the episode one of um, your new podcast? <laughs> we uh, we went to record it last night, and we spent about four hours just doing technical video tests and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, no, um, you two are the worst combination we, ever. Uh, I know, I know, we well, kind of got carried away a bit, but we're, like we came up with a really good system for um, doing. Really, like really interesting kind of video production re regards it and doing overlays and displaying web pages and images and all this sort of stuff um, and we have actually got a plan for the first episode and we've already kind of made notes and all that and it's all going to mm -hmm. be like a terminology based one and we're just going to go through all the kind of basics mm -hmm. of lighting the naming conventions and what equipment's available mm -hmm. modifiers and all that sort of jazz sounds great and and I'm going to wait for my um, the episode you've promised me, which is the softbox versus the LED. And, that will happen, and Aid promised he's going to do um, an episode on gels and turning your lounge into the manhunter, <laughs> the manhunter, uh, the bedroom uh, scene blue. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what the bedroom scene in manhunter is, but I don't want to see John and Aid recreating any bedroom scene. Aww. I'm suddenly regretting setting up HD video streams from <laughs> AIDS bedroom now. Uh, but I Exciting. sent you Graham, Graham's theme, didn't I? So you could play your show out with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> terrible. It was terrible. Right, shall we move on uh, to the end <laughs> of either the end of Graham Young's email or the beginnings of the next email? Who knows? Who could possibly guess? <laughs> this is another Cheap Shots Challenge email. And this is from Johnny, who writes in to say, as a greeting, not as an exit, salutations, sunbeams. I still tend to think of myself as a newcomer to the podcast, but that's probably not strictly true anymore, having joined you around the show 190 mark and still eagerly awaiting the highly anticipated show 200. Any day now, show 200 is going to happen. I can feel <laughs> it in my water. 
<laughs> I have previously flirted with the idea of entering a cheap shots challenge, but my first cheap shot camera, a homemade 5x4 pinhole mm. camera, is still little more than a small pile of wood lying around the garage. However, in time for this challenge, I have incidentally acquired myself a qualifying camera. I've been using my granddad's Rollerflex, which is obviously a marvellous camera. Mm. The joy of using only increased by my sentimental attachment. However, the wind-on mechanism seems to have a mind of its own and the viewfinder window seems to show the wrong markings on the 6x6 format. So I tend to end up wasting a lot of film. I do love the square format. So, mm. inspired by the work of Australian artist David Hume, uh, who's at David Hume Art on Instagram, I found myself an Agfa Isolette 3 on eBay in, quote, perfect working order and for £20. What could go wrong? Well, nothing that half a roll of electrical tape to make the light the bellows light tight and a few hours with isopropyl alcohol, some cotton buds and a very small bottle of watch lubricating oil to free up, free up the seized rangefinder couldn't sort out. Um, I the, I love those little Agfa isolates. So these, I think if I'm correct in saying here, these are uh, a folding camera and the isolate 3 obviously has got a built-in rangefinder as well. So you've got a 6x6 frame, built-in rangefinder. Um, that's pretty great. Pretty great. So to the challenge. The photographic cliche I find myself most guilty of is a low sun, especially over water. Mm -hmm. And living a few minutes from the magnificent Northumberland coastline, I determined an early morning trip to the seaside was in order. I did consider that photographing the vibrant early morning sky in black and white might in some way be considered as a way to subvert the cliche. But who am I trying to kid? And anyway, there is a reason cliches are cliches. I ended up burning through four rolls of film that morning, so not such a cheap shot, and managed to destroy two of them in developing <laughs> by trying to make positive images. Yay! I understand that PANF and FOMA 100 can be reverse processed, something I've never done before, and armed with some trusty information from the internet, I've heard of it, I set about trying, to, trying it using caffeinol and a hydrogen peroxide slash citric acid bleach. I was quite excited by some of the images that I could see during the re-exposure step, but unfortunately something went disastrously wrong during the second development and I ended up with no images whatsoever. Any suggestions as to where I might have slipped up would be most welcome. This left me with two trusty rolls of HP5 to process. Ever since my return to analogue photography a couple of years back, I have almost exclusively used caffeinol. Not that I've actually taken that many photos in that time. And inspired by the Sunny 16 Presents podcast on caffeinol, I thought I'd give the CH reduced soda recipe a go, and will certainly be using it again. As you can see, there are many things in my processes and techniques that need tightening up on, but producing these images has involved lots of learning new camera, the first time I've really digitised any images, I used a pixelator for the first time, because Hamish is getting all the shout outs today, um, mm. with my Fuji X-E2. I'm new to Capture One too, so still loads to learn on that. Also need to learn to stitch images together so I can take multiple images of one negative. 
and key is learning to process the film without scratching it. So it looks like it was done by Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I'm assuming that my negative makes Graham's look positively pristine. Nah, they're really not that bad. I've chosen two images. The first is a straight square image format as the sun hit the clouds on the horizon. The second is a panorama of three overlapping frames created in camera as an homage to David Hume, mm -hmm. by which you can read total ripoff. Trying to create this type of image is why I got the camera, as I'm interested in the partial abstraction it creates, both for its aesthetic and as a way of making you, well, me anyway, look harder at an image and hence understand it better. I have no pretensions of claiming the magnificent prize with these images, but it's the taking part that counts, right? What I'm really hoping for is some feedback to enable me to get better. And anyway, at least men at last mention, I think you said there were five entries so far. And as my wife, a horse writer, horse writer, <laughs> a horse writer. <laughs> that's right. She's a horse writer, a horse rider and one day eventer. The only hobby that makes analog photography seem like a wise fiscal choice said rosettes go to the top six we ought to get rosettes oh god why didn't we think of that um thanks for all the entertainment advice and knowledge that you share keep up the good work yours johnny wolf slater uh, listen whether or not you win the photography competition who knows but best name ever competition mm. johnny wolf slater brilliant mm. name uh and thank you so much for the email, Johnny. That was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, as I've mentioned this before. I really like folding cameras. I think they are a really underrated way to get into medium format photography because they're cheap and they're fun and they're simple and there's not a lot to go wrong with them. Um, so let's have a look at the single exposure first. Mm. That's really, uh, it's as described, is looking out over a um, beach where it looks like the sea has just gone out. Um, the sea is occupying the lower quarter, uh, sorry, the beach and the sea is occupying the lower quarter. And then there's this lovely dense bank of cloud above that with the sun just burning through at the top mm. and then this lovely wispy cloud above it. It works so much better than it had any right to in black and white. I love this picture. Uh, what do you guys think of it? No, definitely. It's 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 like one of those um, biblical skies, isn't it? Mm. They're kind of um, really biblical skies with that magical striking light coming through. Um, I like the contrast as well in in the image. Um, it's really I, well exposed, and yeah, like the texture in the sky is is delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the texture. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Both of those things that you guys just said—the the contrast of the image and the texture—because you, and the the tonality throughout it on the sand and the water on the sand where the seas receding. There's just there's a lot to really enjoy about this picture. Mm -hmm. The Caffnol mm -hmm. um, development has obviously really worked well with this, and um, and you know it's an HP five shot because it's six by six. That grain's nice and smooth yeah. as well, and that's lovely. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then um, the uh, in-camera um, panorama. This is just fun, isn't it? Again, I think it's been well done. Um, so you've got on this one, there's three uh, six by six frames, but two of them are kind of side by side. And then there's a third sandwich mm. over the middle, mm. um, which makes for a fairly chaotic shot. It's another mm. coastal image looking out across the sea. Mm. Um but it's very enjoyable. 
I, yeah. how, how is that I, done in camera? I guess you just wind it on halfway. Just oh, okay. so take the because it's just a film winder and red window on the back. So you just look, wind a few shots past. Um, so take mm. the first picture, wind it on a little bit, take the second picture, and then wind it on to the next number mm. to take the third mm -hmm. picture. Uh, and yeah, and I it's like worked well. I like the way on the, I don't know if it was the second image, the one that's like side by side with the first before the third one's over it. The uh, the, the, the way the, the the wave is just gently crashed. It's been caught just gently crashing. Can you see? Yeah. Against the, against the shoreline. Yeah. It's lined up very well, actually, as a in-camera panorama. It has mm. worked very well. Um, the two that's, separate that's frames. That's what confused me. It's just like it looks perfectly aligned, doesn't it, for separate images? Yeah. Well, I think because of the, that third image, the one that's – well, the second image, which is the bridging image, just does a great job of stitching the two together and drawing your attention away from anything. Um, mm. But he's, I mean, it, what annoys me is he's managed to get his – um, levels so much better than I do, even with this. I developed a roll of film for my Muse this last week, um, and it was a real surprise actually. It may have been last week when I did it. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was last week because I left it hanging up to dry for a week, <laughs> and incredibly not actually that dusty by my standards. So it just goes to show from now on that's what I'm doing with all of them. But um, there are a few pictures on there that I like, and there are a few pictures that I took when I was out down the coast with my large format camera, and oh boy the. 90 degree angle for the sea. <laughs> like, oh, well. Uh, I just want to say something. It's a coincidence here for Johnny, but um, he mentioned pinhole. His pinhole camera's at the beginning and he likes, um, was it David? Um, David Hume. Hume. Yeah. I found a book today that I hadn't forgotten I had. It was still in um, cellophane. It's a Spanish photographer. Um, I don't know if you know his work, Manuel Folches. No, um, he did a lot of um, pop, uh, pinhole work. I'll just see if I can get a, a shots open if you can see. Uh, oh, Claire <laughs> and books on. Oh no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not very good. But it's very atmospheric. Um, I'm just trying to say it's not all pinhole. We can't see what Claire's looking at, by the way, listeners. So you're no, missing out on. We can't see. You can't see. This isn't a video show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they look very nice, Claire. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a book. Mood, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but High contrast images. Manuel Folchow's work is really lovely, and it's quite. Uh, some of it's very surreal as well. I'm just trying to show you some. Uh, oh, no. Well, if Claire, images. if Claire finds a link for us, or we'll, when one we'll click on it and enjoy his work, and two, or stick it in the show notes as well. Uh. Yeah, I will. So that's that's who I would um, recommend, Manuel Folchos. Yeah, we'll put him put put him in the show notes. We will do that as long as you give me a oh. link. Otherwise, we definitely won't. Um, yeah. Right. Who is taking Johnny this? Also, Johnny also mentioned about doing reversal. Oh um, yes. Development didn't he? In that, yes. which um, I. Have you guys ever done that? Like no. I've done it with paper, but I've never done it with film. No. Um, I think it's the same process. So I don't know what's happened to his. Potentially some sort of contamination when going through the second developer would be my initial guess as to why the second development didn't work. Um, 
making positive images from mm. negative film feels like one of those things where there must be somebody in our community who's doing that and getting cool results and it feels like definitely that should be a Sony 16 Presents uh, on location yeah. episode. So if you are doing this and you fancy making an on location episode for us of uh, how to do that, drop me a line, please, because I would love to hear how to do it. Mm. Um, I haven't ruined any rolls of film in at least a couple of weeks. Um, so I'm overdue trying something new. Um, so, yeah, please do drop me a line about that. Uh, right. Um, upcoming community events. Who's taking this one? Is it uh, I'll take this one from oh. Billy Sanford. Hello, Sunbeams. Well, here we are in March already. This is just a quick note about some upcoming events. There are still a few weeks out, so as to allow people to prepare and also account for some time before you might have an opportunity to read emails out. Mm. Firstly, it's the Emulsive FP4 party in April. Uh, the general idea is to shoot FP4 the first week of April and submit photos the third week. Mm. Anyone interested it can follow the Twitter account at FP4 party and view the archives at, we'll put the link in the show notes, uh, I saw John did some FP4 bulk loading recently, so maybe he could offer some his insights for anyone who might not have shot it before. Worldwide pinhole. Oh, next up, we'll come back to FP4 in a second. Uh, Worldwide pinhole photography day is on Sunday, the fourth, twenty fifth of the fourth, <laughs> twenty one. I had to get the American yeah, date system right around there. Yeah. Uh, more information can be found here. We'll also put that link and pin at pinhole day on Twitter. And finally, like others, I'm looking forward mm -hmm. to the new lighting shows with Aid and John and also looking forward to more upcoming community events. While we aren't out of the woods just yet, I'm hopeful that soon everyone will be able to get back out and enjoy photography in a more traditional sense. In the meantime, if anybody were in a bit of a rut, perhaps these events can help get the creative juices flowing. Take mm -hmm. care, Billy. Thank you very much, Billy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, FP4 party. That's um, I think they try and do it every year um well, i think i've participated a couple of times yeah it's like you you shoot in one week develop the next and then post your photos in the third and then uh, they have a group of people that go through all those photos and select out the top ones and then everybody votes on for a winner which is it's great fun to take part in and see loads of incredible photos using fb4 uh my insights would be to <laughs> six months ago i would have said push it mm, mm, you days, did in fact I'm, say that didn't I, you john to some people i would say push it <laughs> keep pushing it get it really contrasty but actually at the moment i'm just shooting at box speed um so yeah you need a fair amount of light for it but uh yeah that would that would be my <laughs> hints and tips i think it's one of those things isn't it that especially if you are darkroom printing it you probably don't want to push it hard because you get more conscious uh, and unless that's the look you're going for yeah you know if, if you really do want i i think it looks fantastic pushed um but you've got to know that's that's the style you're going for because yeah there's no coming back from it i mean david allen who uh was probably the first person who i saw was really pushing that stuff very hard and of course he's a fantastic printer as well there's loads of printing and he gets great results from it but yeah my experiments with pushing it because you two told me to my uh blame you guys you john you weren't here the week when um claire was deciding what film that she should shoot and she was just randomly thinking i might just push this film just for just for the sake <laughs> of it did you uh, do you have any suggestions on randomly mm -hmm. pushing film 
<laughs> was it were you looking at pushing color film yeah black and white? color D yeah don't don't do that <laughs> <laughs> in the end i didn't in the end i didn't um maybe maybe a stop if you want a bit more mm -hmm. contrast and i think you get a bit more saturation out of it as well but realistically if you're scanning and mm. manipulating digitally afterwards i yeah. would do those changes in post as opposed to pushing mm. the film plus you have to pay more don't you if you're mm. unless you send it to me you're gonna have to, <laughs> you're gonna have to pay more to get it <laughs> developed <laughs> Yeah, it's also it's one of those things where color films got such a latitude anyway that um, you know they taken. I mean, there's a difference of opinion, but one or two stops either way, like just develop as it was anyway. You're gonna get more or less the same results anyway, so it's kind of yeah. Um, okay, we've got a few other bits we just want to mention before we uh, start to wrap things up. Um, yesterday, I think I'm right in saying it was yesterday, was International Women's Day. Uh, yesterday, as we record this, um, Monday, as we uh, put this out. Um, and there's been loads of stuff going on. Um, lots of photographers have been sharing different bits and pieces. The one that caught my eye that I just wanted to mention, um, uh, Analog Wonderland, um, one of the people who works at Analog Wonderland, I'm going to find the right information here because otherwise I'm going to make myself sound like a right way. Oh, I did manage to close that window. I did a full clear on that. So, uh, yeah. Um, Emma, who works there, wrote a fantastic blog up on their website about mm -hmm. her journey with photography. But they're also, um, they have started a new hashtag on Instagram, uh, hashtag SheHeartsFilm. So if you're a female photographer and you share your work mm -hmm. with that hashtag SheHeartsFilm, they're going to be doing their best to promote and share this stuff on um, Instagram oh, okay. and on their blog posts and stuff like that as well. Mm. Um, so do that. That's mm. very cool. Um, and everybody should be out there promoting women in photography because uh, despite the fact that we <laughs> like to kid ourselves that there is a degree of equality and everything, but um, it's still definitely female voices do not get heard as much as they should be. So do that. Also, as part of um, this, what did I do with that tag? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, as part of this, um, Rachel has got a new line of pins out, a new uh, mm. a new a new pin out, maybe not an entire new line, um, <laughs> but a new line of pins out. And um, uh, 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 sorry, I'm mm. distracting myself here because I am going full Claire here, and I'm failing I to learn how to. <laughs> Am I am I sending my slider vibes? To you, you are sending your you are sending some vibes. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, Rachel has got a new pin out. Um, she has made a beautiful little shoot film. Be nice pin. Yeah, uh, I bought my. You can get this pin from Analog Wonderland, which is why I'm mentioning it. Um, so if you go to Analog Wonderland, you can find. You can also get them. Um, some of these limited edition, uh, or say limited edition, they're, they're first run pins. Uh, from Rachel as well, from her. Um, uh. Etsy store. Uh, so if you go on Etsy, her shop is Vintage Photo Co. Um, and also you can go to littlevintagephotography.co.uk and find it there. They're really cute pins. Um, they're very nice. They're yellow and white. They are the, I, I think, the manliest pins I have ever seen. And I think that they show great manliness if you wear them. Um, so everyone should be wearing these. I think you guys would agree with that. I've ordered mine. I'm Definitely. on. I'm ahead. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not. Uh, but these are these are first edition ones. So these are the special ones. That's what yeah, you have to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, get them from Rachel's website. Her, uh, there's a link on there or her Etsy store. Or if you're buying stuff from Analog Wonderland, mm. get one there to go to. Hashtag shoot film be nice. It, I can't. I think it's like three 
three years since three years plus since she came up with that hashtag now and it's got so many uses it's kind of crazy that grew way beyond what she thought it would do so that's fun uh, uh um what else was there i think that was the main news thing i can't remember there's anything else <laughs> if there was i didn't <laughs> put it in the list um so should we go on to our coffee thanks because we haven't had the chance to do this since our last um mm. so we've got a few new people to say thank you to first of all who new donors i want to say a huge thank you um first off i want to say thank you very much to nick smith who wrote a lovely message uh, saying an inspiration to us all mm. in lockdown missing rachel and hope she is keeping busy thanks for introducing us to the guys at i dream of cameras uh, well that is very much our pleasure um and I remain hopeful that Rachel will be able to join us again soon. Her her morning sickness is slowly, slowly going away. She is making it more into the evenings before she starts to feel awful. But I said today she had an appointment and she just felt knackered afterwards, which is why yeah. that wasn't going to happen. So hopefully we will have Rach back with us very soon. Uh, also want to say thank you very much to Stephen Dowling, uh, who people will very much know as the gentleman behind Cosmo Photo, the, the website and of course Cosmo Film. Um, now, I know that there is something new coming from Stephen, but hugely frustratingly to me, I don't know what it is. He's keeping it very hush-hush, but there's something coming. We will be having Stephen on when he's ready to talk about it which i think is going to be soon i think hopefully he'd hope to be able to announce it and be moving on it in march but it looks like it's going to be april so keep your eye on cosmo photo something new is coming um but i don't have a clue what it is i don't know if it's a new film i don't know if it's something i mean it's going to be something film related i'm pretty sure of that but don't know what it is but yes keep your eye open for it's that it's a spaceship maybe it is a oh my goodness it's a spaceship <laughs> He, he's, we're all going to the moon Woo! <laughs> black and white photography the light on there is going to be amazing can you imagine um so that's very cool and also i want to say a big thank you to max cooper uh, for donating um max is a photographer out in the states he's got a lovely website actually uh, maxcooperphoto.com uh looks like he's done some interesting stuff and got an interesting background so hopefully we might get to speak to max soon he might get on to because he clearly has some feelings about the path that his photography has taken over the last few years <laughs> and it, I, I always like talking to people who have feelings about the way their journey has gone so we might get max on to talk to you soon about all of that stuff so those are the new donors that we want to say thank you to. But we also mm -hmm. want to say a big thank you to all the people who have continued to support us and have helped support us over the last year. Um, you guys are amazing. And we don't do this very often, but uh, inspired by... And if anybody hasn't yet listened to John and Aid's uh, show zero of um, The Lighting Lounge, I think the highlight of it for me was John's uh, pre-roll introduction to it. It was it was something very special, John, and I wasn't really ready for it. Um, so inspired by <laughs> did that. Did you have to have a lie down after you heard it? I did. That that Don't listen to that and look at that picture of Graham Young at the same time. It will be more than you can handle. <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, so we are going to just read through uh, the list of people who continue to support us. Um, should, we, should we go John, uh, Claire, the me in that order? That seems like a good order, right? Yeah. Go for it, John. Let's do it. Ian Turpin. <laughs> Andrew Stewart-Allen. <laughs> Chris 
Mina. Slavic Kavash. Harry Thackeray. <laughs> Claire's not playing this game. <laughs> Bill 2. Hilary Clark. Jaya Bart. Alex Morrison. Sam Christopher Cornwell. <laughs> Martin Smith. Duncan Cameron. <laughs> Juliet Swab. Joe Baker. Dunstan Vavasour. Billy Sanford. I've <laughs> 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 just had a bit. <laughs> yes, we've got a. <laughs> no, Angela Solis. <laughs> Alex Purcell. <laughs> Hundy D. Jeff Greenstein. Dave Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so well. much, all of you lovely, lovely people. <laughs> Mm. You guys are brilliant. <laughs> and I feel that we somehow We're not. <laughs> we're not. We suck. But but we love you despite us sucking. And um, we hope you can <laughs> all clip those out individually now and use them as your answer phone messages. <laughs> you have reached <laughs> you have reached the phone of Bill too. Um uh, so I hope that's been a very useful service for you. Um we will wrap things up now and get out of here. We need to let you know that later on this week, the next episode, which I think we're up to episode six now, I think is correct, of I Dream of Cameras mm. is coming out. So looking forward to sharing that. Um, I'm slightly concerned because I think once this Look, one's out, I you've don't... just shared six because I haven't listened to it yet. I need to can catching up because I wasn't so well. Um, so I'm, I'm looking really looking forward to listening to that. I really like it. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to assume that it's episode seven that I've got then. I'm sure yeah. I have got one to put out because they're yeah, great. Because I meant to listen to it um, because I wasn't, I was a bit poorly. So I'm hoping to listen to that first thing. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, well, like I said, I'm looking forward to getting it too. Like I said, I am slightly concerned by the fact that I think this might be the first time that I've put a show out whilst not having had another one already ready to go because they're normally <laughs> so far ahead of these things. So, um, you What's know, going on? I know, I know. They, you know, come Maybe on. Maybe they're on, enjoying Jeff, okay? that California sun, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. That's what it is. Um, but it's the title The Seven Deadly Sins. So, who? Maybe it's. Uh, well, we'll look forward to that. Um, and oh, and I just realised while scrolling through, I won't do it now. We'll save it till next time. But I've just realised I did miss an email. Uh, so a huge apologies to that because I tried to make sure we get all these, but I have missed an email, um, which we will just have to get to next time. I will save it. So um, apologies to Stuart William. I will make sure your email gets read next. Time. I'm going to put a big star by it right now, so I don't forget that. We'll come to that next time. Um, we will play you out as always with the wonderful band Schnauzer with their song Remortgaging the Nest of Hairs. Thank you so much to those guys for letting us use their music. You can find them on Bandcamp and on Spotify. I suggest you search them out. Their music is great and weird and wonderful. Um, Claire and John, do you have anything you want to draw people's attention to before we leave? Uh, no, I was just... All I was going to say is I was looking forward to uh, to the next episode of I Dream of Cameras, which we've just covered. So... Um, We've mentioned Rachel's uh, badge. Oh, also, I just remembered that um, I don't know if anyone's seen on Twitter, but uh, Dan Kay and 
Tim have been doing these quarantine zines okay. and they're up to the fourth one now and they're accepting some submissions on the mm. theme of selfies i believe mm. um, so it's well worth submitting to that yeah um, the, the zines they've produced so far have been fantastic so yeah have a look for that um we will put those links in the show notes as well <laughs> big words there from john if john gives me the links <laughs> i'll put them in the show notes if not listen it's not my fault. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, well, then, without any further ado, thank you very much for listening, everybody, and goodbye. 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 <laughs> goodbye. Ciao. <laughs> Salutations. <laughs>